Get the new Donkey Kong 64 bundle with the Banana Yellow Game Pack and the new Jungle Green N64 console. It's got a Jungle Green controller and comes with the... Or seek what we can say. We will walk through walls. We will take a look around us. We will not be confined. We believe in the path of least limits. We won't be told how to view the world. We will experience true freedom. We will not compromise. We will live the game through our hands. We will be in control of something. We will change the system. It's Ferret 64 with your host, Yemi the Ferret. Everyone, it's me, Yemi the Ferret here. Can you hear me? Yes, there we are. <laughs> Hello there. Hello there. How's everyone doing today? We are we are back, and we are live with the Ferret sixty four podcast. That's right, Ferret sixty four podcast, all about video game news and news occurrences in video games. Hope everyone's doing well. I'm back. Almost spilt my water there. I did um, some minor improvements to the channel. Obviously, the intro, the song doesn't immediately fade out like uh, like crazy like it did before. I fixed that. I also have a new intro that pr that played beforehand. Uh, that might not stick around though. I might I might change that up again. Um, I probably will change it up again to be honest with you. But yeah, hope everyone's doing swell today. How you doing today, Punisher and Steve? How you guys doing today? Hope you're doing well. Uh, so what do we got today? Uh, there's a bunch of uh, announcements for video game companies that are doing like an E3 substitute. Uh, we got some. Uh, we got a State of Play was announced, which is going to be premiering tomorrow. I'll talk about a little bit about that. Uh, we got some games that are coming out soon. Uh, we learned that Tony Hawk Pro Skater is coming back with a remastered version. Uh, another, well, I guess it is a remaster because the HD remake was before. We'll talk about that when we get there. Uh, and uh, lots of other stuff as well. We got some other stuff as well. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll get in there. I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good, guys. So, um, we also have a few video games to talk about that we've been playing this past week. So, we're going to go ahead and jump into that right uh right wait where is it ah i didn't make a button duh dumb dumb all right here we go what has yummy been playing this best week okay <laughs> i uh, oh oh hold on uh, i always do that I always do that. I always do that. I forget to turn off the opening to the podcast. 
I usually, most of the time, forget. <laughs> so, what have I been playing this past week? So, as you all know who's been following the channel, we recently completed our playthrough of Symphony of the Night, Castlevania Symphony of the Night. And uh, you may or may not know if you've been around for the live streams that we had a pretty tough time with it. Of course, it's it, it's doing the little a circle thing. There we go. So, Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Um, tr I've been trying to get my thoughts in order about this game for a while. And that's because I'm very torn about the game. We had equally a good time with it, but we also had equally a bad time with it. Um, it's revered. It is a revered game, guys. It is a game that so many people love. And Callus, the lovable Callus, recommended that we play it, and he put it up, and we put it up in the game vote, and it won, of course, the fan vote for the Twitch subscribers. And we played it. And I love Metroidvanias. Let me talk about, let me tell you guys, the first Metroidvania I ever played immediately fell in love with it, and that was until recently. All right, I've I've I love Metroidvanias now. Blasphemous Ori in the Blind Forest, Hollow Knight, The Messenger, stuff like that, all fantastic Metroidvanias, and I've played tons and tons more. Um, but those are the three that we've played recently. Um, and this game obviously is a Castlevania game, and it's part of the name Castle uh, Metroidvania. But unfortunately, going back and playing this, maybe I need to play the original Metroid. You know, maybe maybe I'll like that better. But unfortunately, going back and playing this showed me that I, you know, it's a good thing I didn't play these games back when they first originally came out. Because I wasn't a huge fan of it. I liked the RPG elements like collecting items and using new items dropped from enemies and, you know, get finding these things on the ground to help you in battle. Uh, there was also a store you could go to as well and buy things from a from a dude. But the overall, like... The overall game was kind of head-scratching. Um, obviously, it's an older game, and it doesn't tell you exactly how to play the game while you go through it, right? Games like Ori, you know, it kind of holds your hand a little bit at the beginning, kind of tells you how at least to use the moves. In this game, in order to use spells and, and know how to use your throwables and stuff like that, you either have had to play the, the first game, the game before, or the game before this game, I should say, or you just need to be inquisitive and, and maybe follow a strategy guide, right? There's so many hidden things and, and things to do in this game, and it's not all very clear about what you exactly need to do. I mean, there's a fake ending to the game where you can go to the original boss fight uh, against Richter, and if you kill him, then I guess you get like some sort of bad ending or something like that because you're supposed to um, get these glasses first and then go to do that. But it's not like there was any like you meet Richter once in the castle. And it's hard to tell if it's even him until Alucard's like, oh, is that Richter? And you're like, okay. And then you go up to the where you go, you, you know, you make your way up to where you originally were Richter and you fought Dracula. And you're like, okay, we're apparently we're fighting Richter now. He's he's evil. Um, of course, I didn't I didn't beat him 
Um, and it was actually a pretty, it was, I guess it was a good thing because then we would have gotten the fake ending as uh, Callus kept telling us. And, uh, it's just one of those things that, like, they give you a lot of runarounds, you know? I'm, I mean, I'm, I don't mind a little bit of runaround, right? Games like Arkham City, like, that was a, there's huge runaround sections there. You know, just to get to the museum, you have to, you know, you try and get into the museum, there's a whole lead up to getting to the museum, and then you finally, like, open the door and you go inside and they, you know, they get, they're like, oh, your, your signal's jammed. It's like, okay, so now you go on this quest to find three different signal jammers all around Arkham City, and you have to go through the sewers, and it's, it's like, it's a big runaround. It's a fun runaround, I don't mind it. In the context of that game, it really works. In the context of this game, I wasn't a big fan of the runaround. I just, I, I kind of was like, I was used to the more straightforward stuff like in Blasphemous, where it's like, okay, you have all these multiple ways to go, and you, you, it's, it's not like they really hinder your progress through most of Blasphemous, uh, from what I remember. And you, you do get more moves and stuff like that to traverse, traverse areas, but for the most part, you can, I mean, you can pretty much go anywhere in the game if you really chose, you know, if you really wanted to, which is the nice thing about that. This game, though, they hold you back from so much so early on, and it's a, it's another one of those games that's like, oh, uh, you're a badass at the beginning, well, um... You know, the Reaper is going to come and take all your shit. You know, the same thing happened in, in uh, Darksiders. Same thing happens in so many games where it's like you start off the game, like I think God of War 3 does it as well, where you start off the game, you're a badass, they give you everything you ever desired, and then they take it all away from you in like the first, after the first like level or first part is over. And that, that stuff just annoys me so much. It's like, I don't care if... if, if it, I, I don't care if I if I had all this stuff and I was a complete badass, like, in the last game or whatever like that. I would rather you start me as a wimp than make me become a wimp. Destiny 2 actually got this correct, right? So, you start off Destiny 2, even though I don't like Destiny 2, you all know that. You start off Destiny 2, and they, not immediately, but they take away everything you have, and it makes a little bit more sense because... You know, you you crash and you know, blah blah blah. It, it, I don't want to give it away if you haven't played it, of course. But they take away your stuff, and you have to kind of earn your strength back. You know, in this game, they he, he, the Grim Reaper just comes around and just takes all your good stuff, <laughs> and you're like, okay, asshole. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, I think that that aspect of the game kind of, you know, made me lose interest in it right away. And then the other aspect of the game is, um, these, the boss fights. The boss fights were ranging from mediocre to not good to downright terrible, I guess I should say. Because there were at least three boss fights in this game that made me want to quit. I mean, they were, it's not like they were, like, overly difficult. Oh, the one was. The one was overly difficult. But the other two were just like, they were spamming things so hardcore, and I was like, well, this... This is stupid. Like, not even Souls-like games have this amount of spam. I mean, you look at a game... I'm sorry, you look at the one boss that's just like a giant ball, and it's dropping bodies everywhere, and they just kind of meander towards you. And it's like... Jeez, this is... This is... It was just such an annoying and bad boss design. And then you look at the next one, that, or another one that we fought, that was like this big, like, I would say he's like, he was like an Egyptian statue almost kind of looking guy who shot lightning like Emperor Palpatine and 
would, you know, just move his feet and bash you and stuff like that. And that was the most difficult thing ever. And luckily, someone came into the chat and was like, you know, you can you can cheese this entire boss fight. And I was like, please. It, we had been going for, I mean, we must have been fighting that boss for at least 30 minutes at that point. And I was just getting ready to to end it. I was like, you know what, this is this is stupid. <laughs> but uh, we, we had to use cheese in order to get past the boss. And it made it 100% easier. It, it, it just it glitched the boss out. And we beat him in, in, in a matter of minutes. Because he still was pretty powerful. But most of the bosses were just kind of like mediocre, like, whatever type affairs. And it, it's really unfortunate because I like the, the the design of this game. Like, the whole castle and stuff like that. It looks really good. The pixel art... Oh, not really. I guess, we, I guess you could call it pixel art. It's really good. You know? Kind of scurred me there. Thank you. How you doing, Greedy? Um... Great, now I lost my train of thought. Blame greedy. Hashtag bl blame greedy waffles. Um, but yeah, I do. I like the overall design of the the you know the castle and and everything about it. It it, it just it, it's a very interesting looking game. Um, I just wish that it was uh, a little bit better, in my opinion. Um, I uh. I also got really annoyed with this game. Um, the hitboxes and the hits on you are pretty ridiculous. Uh, enemies just kind of like standing there and you jump towards them or you jump over them and like you get clipped by their sword randomly. And it happened a lot on the bosses as well where the boss is just like, he's just lazily moving his foot back into place and you get hit and it does like 50 damage or something. Or like I jumped into the dude and uh he didn't even do an like, attack and i got like there was like 20 damage and i was like okay uh that's not good you know it's it's one of those things that's, like that is really dumb like not even like yeah you run into enemies in blasphemous and they i don't know they may hurt you a little bit but the amount of damage that i was getting just from accidentally getting hit by a dude's sword when he wasn't swinging it and he wasn't even going for an attack is like Okay, you know, that's that's great and all, <laughs> you know, happy for you that you got a hit on me, but not happy for my health. Um, yeah, so all in all, I mean, didn't really have the best of time with this game. Um, I know that it's a classic in, in, in people's minds, and I, I know that uh, a lot of people love this game, but me personally gave it a try. It's not for. It's not a game for me. You know, it just it causes so much anguish and anger, and not many games do that anymore to me. You know, I, I it, it just it really it really got under my skin at times, and it was it, it wasn't just because of the boss fights and stuff like that. It's because of like. All the crap that was happening, like, there's a whole section through this game where you have to, there's a save point, you have to go up these stairs, and on the stairs, there's, like, tons of enemies, and there's, like, these, um, these, like, uh, uh dragon heads that breathe fire on you, and when you destroy them, the other dragon head falls over and goes down the stairs, and one dragon head's holding up, like, a giant metal spiked ball, and you're, like trying to dodge it and it does like a hundred damage to you if you if it hits you and you go through the whole section and then you go to the next section and there's three bell towers you have to climb and they're spamming 
all these flying enemies at you, and they're easy enough to dodge, and then all of a sudden there's like three crows attacking you, and all of a sudden there's like a dude who's a ghost with a sword, and you're trying to fight him while dodging all these things, and it's like, yeah, I'm getting items at the top of these bell towers, but they ain't helping this run. And then after all that, between each of the bell towers, there's sections where you have to fight skeletons with spears and bats. Just... And, and all through that, you get to the end of it, and there's a boss fight. No save point between any of those sections. There's a boss fight. You fight like a... Like a harpy. Not a harpy, but it was like a half-dog, half-bird dragon thing. And I was lucky that I got through it the second... I think the first time I, I got there, I got through it just by luck. I used a defense potion or a shield potion, which only did like one damage to me uh, when, when I got hit. And I was like... At the end of it, I was like, okay, there better be a save point after this. <laughs> and I think that it was still, like, a little bit away to get to the save point. And it was like, you know, people are, you know, Callus is typing in chat, oh, you probably just missed it. No, I didn't miss it. We checked every single corner in that, in that area. And yes, I did miss a few save points once we got to the upside-down version of the castle. Um... But by the like the up the up the upside down side of the castle has like more save points. I feel like I was getting save points more frequently. I felt, uh, which you know helped me you know keep my sanity. Uh, but it was really weird because it felt like there was more, and you know maybe I was just getting better at the game or whatever. But it, you know in the end, it's one of those things. It's like whatever, you know. The upside-down version of the castle is actually kind of fun, uh, not gonna lie. Um, the upside-down side of the castle really, uh, was a... It was, it was different. I, it was something that you don't normally see in, in a game, where they, like, take the entire thing that you've been, uh... That you've been literally looking at the entire game, and they flip it on its head. And you're like, okay, uh, this is kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> at the time when we did when we did do that when that happened I was I was immediately like oh fuck we have to go through this entire game again but it, it didn't it didn't take as long as the first section I think we did at least three streams or at least or three and a half streams where we were still in the regular castle and then it was like two streams in order to get through the upside down castle and in the in the last stream we made so much progress so fast it was, um, it was pretty exciting. It's exciting when you make progress in this game, you know? You feel like you're making a, you're doing a giant accomplishment, you know? It, it, uh, it actually felt good to make some progress in it. And find something really cool, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I, all in all, it's, like I said, it's not the worst thing we've played on the channel by far. I just, I don't think this game is for me, you know? I think that this game, uh... Definitely has an audience, but I don't think that person, that, that audience is me. I like Metroidvanias, and I like difficult games. And when people were saying, like, oh, you don't like it because you're, it's difficult, or you don't like it because blah, blah, blah. I was like, no, I like difficult games. I've gotten through all of the Dark Souls games, except for Demon's Souls, right? And... I gotten through plenty of Metroidvanias as well. Blasphemous is a pretty tough Metroidvania. It's not the hardest thing I've ever played, but it's pretty tough, you know? Hollow Knight is way tougher than that game, and, uh, you know, I got through that one as well. And I would definitely want to play it again on the channel because I forget everything about it. I've been, I've been playing a little bit of it on the side, which I'll talk about in a minute. 
Um, but I've completely forgotten the entire game. I don't know why, but I have. I remember the final boss fight. That's what I remember about it. So yeah, all in all, a Symphony of the Night, um, you can put it on your classics list all you want. For me personally, I'm probably not going to go back to this game. Although, Callus did want me to play through the game as Richter, because you get Richter unlocked as a playable character at the end of it all. So maybe sometime in the future, after the dust has settled, we'll go back to it and play through the game as Richter, because obviously it's a lot different with him. He doesn't have any up... He, you can't upgrade him or anything like that. He's just like a base dude. So, you know, maybe a day that, uh, you know, I'm not feeling... Or, you know, maybe I'm doing like an extra stream or something like that where we finish a game early. Maybe we'll come back to this and and be like, okay, let's play a little bit of Richter's playthrough and see how it goes. And if it's fun, we'll keep going. I don't know. It's one of those things. I put it on my list, I think. Well, maybe I didn't. I'll put it on the list, though. I'll put it on the list, though. And then I'll give the game another chance in the future. Not yet, though. Not yet. Games that I've gotten recently from, like, Amazon, stuff like that, those all, I want to play pretty much everything that I've gotten first uh, before going back to this. So, uh, you know, that, yeah, that's that. Um, so, yeah, uh, final score for the game, like a 6 out of 10 or a, what, the 3 out of 5, 2.5 out of 5. Um, I think that the music in the game, the graphical style in the game, the system of, you know, finding, uh, you know, what new weapons and stuff like that raises this game up. And I felt like the second part of the experience was a lot better than the first part of the experience. But all in all, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I mean, I can't say I wouldn't recommend it because everyone's different, right? Everyone's different. Everyone, everyone plays games differently. And maybe you would like this game. Obviously, a lot of people do, you know? Chronoside, Callus. Uh, there's a bunch of people who we follow, like Antaskew and Justly Belmont, who also really, really enjoy the game as well. So, it's not like I couldn't recommend it, but I wouldn't recommend it for people like me, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. So there you go. That's that. So the reason I didn't answer the Ask Me Anything right away is because it would ruin the flow of my thoughts. You have to be a little patient during the podcast because I don't want to lose track of my of what I'm saying. If I, if I, if I randomly stop and answer your question, then that ruins my train of thought. And then now I'm either going to have to repeat a bunch of things or... I'm going to lose track of where I am, or I'm going to forget to say something because my train of thought has been ruined. So, that is why I'm not going to answer things right away. I left to ask me anything up because it's a fun one, and it's not going to disrupt the podcast in any way. So, I will answer the question as soon as I get done with yelling at you guys, or talking strictly to you guys. Um... So, Greedy Waffle says, the, What's the worst game we've played on the channel so far? And the worst game we played on the channel so far, by far, was Shrek 2, the video game. I think, I, think that, I think that really is the worst game that we've gone through. We went through the entire way in that game. And, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's probably the worst thing we played on the channel. And actually, when I was a kid and I played that game, I thought it was pretty good. But when we went back and played it, it's a really, really bad game game shrek the third is better than that game and that's saying something because shrek the third was a pretty lackadaisical game pretty bad game i have to look at my shelf i think um 
Yeah, Call, Call of Duty 3 was pretty bad. That's not a fun one either. And, uh... The, the Civil War game was, was more for the memes, but I, you know, it kind of kind of was kind of bad too but i think the worst the worst one by far is shrek 2 oh here goes punisher uh backtrack and he's like oh no we knew you noticed uh oh my god please don't hurt me i need new shoes all right moving on to the next game that we're gonna talk about which is halo reach now i know i didn't finish the game on stream last time and anyone who was here for that stream knows why. Uh, Halo Reach. So we, we played a little bit more of this game because it's on my it's been on my stream list for a while. And uh, it's one of those things that's like, we haven't gotten back to it because it hasn't been getting voted on. But we finished Symphony of the Night and I had time and I decided to boot up Halo Reach and play a little bit of Halo Reach. What ended up happening, we got through like three levels or four. Oh, you stink! Okay. We got through about three or four levels in the game, and, uh, the level glitched on us at the end. And we tried restarting checkpoint a few times, we tried doing things a different way, um, and just, it just kind of glitched on us completely and utterly. Uh, so I'm probably gonna have to restart the entire level in order to, um, get the glitch to go away, and even then it might still glitch on us, so I might have to re-download the game, I don't know what happened. Uh, all I know is that, uh, we weren't really having a good time with the game, you know? I think that, uh, the voice acting in the game is pretty rough. I think that the level design in the game has not been as amazing as I remembered when I was younger. I think a lot of the guns in the game lose that punch that they have. Also, this game kind of destroys the, uh, timeline of Halo because... The, there's like the DMR and this gun I'm using right now and the you know all these different weapons that are from like Halo 2 and 3 that you don't have in Halo 1. So it's it's like okay, uh, but I guess I guess it's just like Arkham Origins where it's like you can't really remove that stuff even though it's a prequel game because people would be like, well, this isn't you know in in Arkham City I could you know I could use the sticky bombs or the you know the ice bombs, but in this game. Arkham Origins, I couldn't. Well, they had to put the glue grenade in, you know? It's one of those things that's like, well, you know, technically Batman didn't have that, you know, thing. But, you know, now he does. Same thing with, like, like same thing with Arkham Origins, where it's like, they gave you, like, Deathstroke's amazing grapple thing, and, like, Batman doesn't even use that again ever. And, like, the electric gloves, too. Like, the electric gloves were amazing. You know, Electrocutioner's gloves... Why wouldn't he hang on to those? Why wouldn't he use those anymore? I don't know. One of those things. So anyways, Halo Reach. We'll probably get back to it. I don't know. I put a question mark next to it because I'm going to have to try and replay the entire level off stream and see if it glitches again like it did. And if it did, if it does, I'll just take it off the list. I'm not going to mark it off like we did for Doom 3. Doom 3 was a completely different ball game, right? We played through so much of that game just to have it glitch incredibly hard on us at the end of it and we couldn't do anything about it with halo reach we can do something about it obviously so that's that uh, i don't want to spend too much time on halo reach uh i also played a game called cloud punk um it's a game where you the the is halo reach the game you stopped playing then picked it back up again 
Yes, so technically we played Halo Reach back uh, when we first moved over to Twitch, and I put it on the list of games for people to vote on, and no one has ever voted on it. We'll get back to it eventually. So I got this game called Cloudpunk. Now this is a game that I saw at PAX, but I never played at PAX. It's a really interesting looking game. It's 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 got like this futuristic city vibe to it. And you play as like a package runner in this world. And you use like the hover cars to get around and deliver packages and things for people. And you're just kind of earning money trying to make a living in this massive city. So there's like five different levels to the city, each one with its own like unique districts and stuff like that. Um, you can also get out of your car at designated parking areas and walk around and interact with people. And that's how you actually deliver packages and pick up uh, like collectibles in the game as well. The voice acting is really good in the game, and I like the overall design of the game. It's just the character models in the game, um, like the ones that you see walking around, aren't very good. They're very blocky, and I don't like their design. But I love the pictures that they made for them when they're talking. Um, you can't really see it right now, but they actually have like fully fleshed out, drawn characters that are that are in the little, you know, in the in the blocks. And they look really good, and they look pretty cool. And when you see them in the actual game, they're just like these stick figures almost with blocky textures. And it's just kind of like, it's just kind of a, a eh, you know, it's kind of like an eh thing. It seems like it's going to be a pretty short game in the long run, but there is a lot of stuff to do in the open world. Obviously, you have to fuel your car. Uh, if you get damaged, you have to repair your car. You can also get upgrades for your car as you level up and stuff like that and go through the game. Um, so yeah, it's a, you know, one of those things, it's a, you know, it's kind of a fun game to kind of chill out, play a little bit of, um, I'm definitely going to get back to it, uh, but, uh, for right now, I'm, I got more pressing things to, um, to do. Greedy Waffles, converted from a Twitch Prime sub to a Tier 1 sub? I'm not sure what that means, and I'm not sure why it didn't show up on the screen. <laughs> but thank you! <laughs> thank you for that. There's also this dog character in the game who is your AI. Um, a little annoying at times, but also pretty cute at times, so it's like a love-hate relationship there. <laughs> but all in all, Cloudpunk, I would definitely uh, recommend getting it on a sale. It's definitely a cool game. I'm not going to say it's not a cool game, um, but as you can see here, like the character models like in the game just don't look that great. You know, it's one of those things that kind of, like, they could have maybe done a little bit better job with it, obviously. But I do like the overall design of the game. Obviously, it has, like, that sci-fi feel to it. And it's, 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 you know, it's a, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Uh, Fifth Element, Nostalgia, and Blade Runner. Okay, um, any other games? I don't, uh, let's see, what else have I played recently? Uh, I played a little bit of that Tech Technron Technotron defense game that I gave away last stream. Uh, it's a very boring tower defense game. It wasn't really that much fun. I don't have much to say about it. It's just, it's very basic. Uh, the level design is weird, and there's like dancing like there's like dancing e girls in the game, and it's just like really weird. It's a really dumb game, so I, I I'm not even gonna talk about that. What's this game called? This is Cloudpunk. Um, like I said, I played a little bit of a Hollow Knight again, and I completely forget everything about the game. So, no, it's called it's called Cloudpunk. Um, 
Hollow Knight, I played a little bit more of, or a little bit of. Uh, I'm definitely going to stream that game. And obviously, I remember it being pretty difficult, but I remember getting through it. But I don't remember much about, like, the story and stuff like that, or the enemies or anything. So, I'm it's, it's going to be practically a blind playthrough when I go and play through it again. Also, uh, I played a lot of Star Wars Episode One Racer. It's not the, you know, PlayStation version or anything like that. It's just a PC version, which is the, kind of the original version of the game. And uh, I forgot how much fun that game was, even though, like, the first set of races are really super easy, and it's really super easy to get first place. As you go through the levels, they do get a lot harder, and the tracks get a little bit more difficult. Um, so I'm really excited to play through more of that. Also, when I was a kid, I never upgraded my pod racer, but now I see, I, I being the mature and, and old man that I am, I can actually, up. you know, I found out you can upgrade your pod racer. So I'm doing that, and I'm actually having a lot more fun with it now. So, you know. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. I would recommend that one to anyone who loves Star Wars. And if you don't like Episode 1, this will make you like Episode 1. Alright. Next. Oh, we're getting into... Okay, so... We did a quiz last time about the Assassin's Creed characters and whether I knew them or not. Right? And I got... I think we got like 8 out of 9 correct or something like that. Now, a new quiz has popped up. Guys, you know you love quizzes. You know you love quizzes. Uh, can you guess the name of the PS4 game with just the box art? And I feel like we're going to get 100% on this. If I don't get 100% on this, I'm going to cry. So, the first game. Here we go. This is definitely Fallout 4. It has, uh, has the dude in the front there, the guy in the... It's not Fallout 76. Uh, this is definitely Fallout 4. It's not Dishonored. Or Metro is Fallout 4. So there we go. Name of this game. We're actually talking about this game in Chrono Size Discord. This is uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. It's a actually, this one's a little bit more tougher for people who don't know the games. Because they have some names that are kind of similar to Tomb Raider. But this is Shadow. This is... Oh, I think this is... This is definitely... This is Flat Out 4. No? That's Wreckfest? Oh, there's two similar games. Oh, I'm crying now. I'm crying. Oh, this one's easy. This is this is the Outer Worlds. This is the Outer Worlds. Right here. This is um this should be Dishonored Definitive Edition. Oh boy, guys! We got Knack! This is this is Knack 2. Or Knack Poo. Dark Souls 3. Uh oh, this is the Arkham collection. This is... Uh-oh. What is this? Is this Rivals? Payback. I don't, I've, I don't play Need for Speed games. Uh, this is Advanced Warfare. Yeah, 8 out of 10. So we're pretty good. We're Box Art Beast. I, you know what? I should have gotten this one right. The Wreckfest one. You stupid noob! Goodness, why is that so loud all of a sudden? Jesus Christ. I'm going to turn that one down. Uh, sound files. Noob. Turn it down a smidge. Turn it down a smidge. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, I don't know why I didn't get Wreckfest right, because I know, I know this game. But I thought it was flat out four because of the way that... Nah, whatever. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. We got most of them right. We got the major ones right. We just got two wrong. Not bad. Alright, that was fun, right guys? I should do more of those? Yes? Okay, I'll do more of those. 
Alright, here we are. First news of the day. There is a new state of play coming tomorrow, which is Thursday, uh, uh, May 14th. And it's going to take place at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 9 p.m. British Time, and 1 p.m. Pacific Time. They haven't detailed exactly what you're going to be getting inside of it, but it is going to be deemed a Ghost of Tsushima state of play. So there's going to be a lot of Ghost of Tsushima stuff in here. And they came out on the blog, Sid Schumann said, An extended look at new gameplay footage, including exploration, combat, and more. The current cut is clocking in around 18 minutes, give or take. There will not be any PlayStation 5 reveals or announcements, but don't forget that uh, those are going to be coming soon, as they keep saying. Also, don't forget that Ghost of Tsushima is delayed until July 17th because of Last of Us coming around and one of them wanting to put that out a month earlier. Uh, but yeah, this state of play is pretty much just going to be a deep dive into Ghost of Tsushima with a few other things sprinkled in, I'm sure. And like I said, it's going to be premiering tomorrow at 4, so... We're definitely going to be watching that live on the channel tomorrow before we start Medal of Honor. So if you want to join in on that, just tune in around 4. Uh, of course, I always, you know, post in the Discord when I'm going live. So you'll know it's probably going to be pretty close to when this is going out. Because I don't want to, you know, start playing Medal of Honor, then stop midway, then, you know, start again. You know, it's one of those things where it's like, uh, we'll probably just start the stream with this and go and, just, you know, continue the stream after that. So yeah, it's going to be interesting. I've been waiting for gameplay for Ghost of Tsushima because we haven't seen much gameplay. We've seen flashes, we've seen cutscenes, we've seen story elements. We have not seen the combat system or the open world in general. And it's one of those things that's like, I really want to see that before putting any money towards this game. Uh, and I, I like, I've, I've talked to people before, like, obviously I'm probably going to get this game no matter what. But, uh, just seeing the combat system is going to make me a little bit more, you know, a sigh of relief, you know. Hey, how you doing, Varric? How you doing today? Alright, so, more news. Devolver Digital's event is still happening in 2020. But they came out on Twitter and said, Devolver, Digital, uh, Devolver Direct 2020 is happening, but we're not sure when it's due because of these uncertain times. Should be a good one, though. So they just reassured what they said earlier in the in the year. I think it was in March. They said that they were, you know, going to do a Devolver Digital, um, you know, state of play kind of thing. And it still is apparently going to happen. Devolver Direct. Um, obviously, the things are probably going to show off. Uh, Carry-on. Uh, disc. What was that? Disc room. Um, then maybe they'll show off some new stuff as well that they're working on. Uh, but I'm guaranteeing Disc Room, they're going to show off a lot more of that, and also they're going to reveal a day for that to come out, and they're also probably going to reveal the release date for Carry On, uh, two games that I've been waiting for since last E3. Uh, a bit tired, how about me? I'm not bad. Not bad. Well, it is the day of the news, so we have lots of open tabs today. Not as many as usual, actually. I, I kind of trimmed the fat this week. So the weird thing is that all these companies that we're going to talk about in, in the next, you know, in the next two articles, they already have confirmed that they're going to be doing stuff during the summer of games and the, and the you know, the GameSpot uh, stuff as well. So are they going to be saving their juiciest stuff for their official, you know, things? Probably. Uh, we already saw that kind of with like Xbox when they did their summer of games thing, they kind of did a bunch of indie stuff, and they're like, "This is all on the, on the Xbox Series X," and it was like, "Okay, cool," but 
you know, we want to see like Halo Infinite and stuff like that. We don't want to see Bloodlines the Masquerade that looks like a freaking Halo mod, not a Halo, Half-Life mod, you know? That's that's just my opinion. All right. Uh Ubisoft. They said they're calling it the Ubisoft Forward. Now, if that's not the stupidest name that you could think of, I don't know what's the stupidest name ever. Ubisoft isn't great at making games anymore, and they're certainly not great at naming their digital events. So, it's going to be a brand new E3-style showcase airing on the 12th of July. So they came out on Twitter and said, Save the date! Join us July 12th for a Ubisoft Forward, a fully digital showcase with exclusive games and reveals and more. Stay tuned. Hashtag UBForward. They also came out on the official website and said, With physical gaming shows around the world postponed due to the COVID-19 pandemic, Ubisoft will be hosting its first digital conference called Ubisoft Forward on July 12th. Get ready for an E3-style showcase with plenty of exclusive game news, exciting reveals, and much more. So yeah, they're also going to be on the Summer of Gaming event hosted by IGN, I believe. Um, but obviously they're probably going to be showing off a lot more stuff here. Um, so what games can we accept, expect? Probably a new Tom Clancy game going to be revealed, or more gameplay for something they showed off at last E3. Um, maybe they'll talk more about their Uplay Plus, and they'll probably promote the shit out of it. Oh, you want all the greatest Ubisoft games in one place? Please spend $500 a year to, down, to, 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 to get them all for free. You want to play Uno? Too bad, you have to have a Ubisoft account. Oh, Uno doesn't work? Eh, get a refund. Who fucking cares? It's only $2. So, yeah. Uh, we'll probably see a lot of stuff for Assassin's Creed during this as well, which is probably the best thing out of all this, but uh, Ubisoft as a company has gone downhill, especially in the last few like months, years, I guess I would say. I mean, all their Tom Clancy games like Ghost Recon, Breakpoint, uh, there's also Wildlands, The Division 2... You know, all that stuff, like, they haven't really had a hit since Rainbow Six Siege. And, uh, I mean, obviously the last Assassin's Creed was reviewed pretty well. But there's also elements of it that, you know, we're just like, why is there so much filler in this game? You know, get to the point, you know? So hopefully we'll see some good stuff. But, uh, you know, it's Ubisoft. So, you know, at least we're not going to be seeing sports games. That's EA. <laughs> What about Monopoly? That's right. Monopoly is the best game they've ever made, guys. Hands down. Not everyone has 100% completion on Monopoly on, on uh, PlayStation, but I'm one of the people who do. Okay, so... New Indie Showcase event with Guerrilla Collective to bring exclusive reveals this June. So, it's a brand new video game event set to star a number of... Uh, okay. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I know, Monop the Monopoly thing really got your, really got your penises erect. Um, uh, so, uh, da -da -da -da. brand new, uh, this is a brand new event that's, obviously, it's another replacement for E3, where indie developers and publishers are gonna have announcements. It's called the Gorilla Collective. It's gonna, sh it's gonna take place in June, and it's gonna be around the time you'd ordinarily get your E3 event. 
Said the feature, an unprecedented collation of studios, publishers, and media reveals. The show will be hosted by Kind of Funny's Greg Miller. So we've already talked about this in the past, but we have more information for what is going to be presented. So we have a bunch of stuff coming from the press release. So lots of trailers and reveals and demos and stuff like that. Let's see. So 11-bit studio, they're going to be showing off Frostpunk and This War of Mine. Uh, another indie is going to be showing off Simuclara 2 and Yuppie Psycho. Coffee Stain Studio Studios is going to be showing off Satisfactory and Deep Rock Galactic. Fellow Traveler is going to show off In Other Waters and Neo Cab. Funcom is showing off Mutant Year Zero Road to Eden. That's a two-year-old game. And Conan Exiles. Conan Exiles! What are they thinking? Good Shepherd Entertainment is going to show off John Wick Hex and Eternal Cylinder. Head Up is going to bring us Bridge Constructor Portal and Pumpkin Jack. Pumpkin Jack! Alright, that's that's a good thing there. Pumpkin Jack. This, though, that's really old. Uh, Humble is coming out with Temtem and Forager. Lurian Studios is going to be showing off Baldur Gates 3 and Divinity Original Sin 2. Modern Wolf is going to show off Necronoator, Dead Wrong, and Out There, Oceans of Time. Paradox Interactive is going to be showing off City Skylines and Solaris. Raw Fury is going to be showing off Kingdom, Two Crowns, and Ot Atomic Crops? Atomic Rops? Rebellion Studios is going to be showing off Sniper Elite 4 and Zombie Army 4 Dead War. What? What? Hey, Pixel Bug Plays. Thank you for the subscription? Why is YouTube stuff showing up on my, on my feed again? No, they followed. Why did it say subscribed? What is going on? Alright, hold on. Why does it say subscribed there? That's so weird. I turned I turned off YouTube. I don't understand. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh Alert box for follows. Yeah, it should say. I don't understand. I have... Uh, I'll have to check that out later. I don't, I don't understand. Pixel Books Plays is followed. Thank you for the follow, but I don't understand why I said subscribed. That's YouTube. Why is YouTube still linked to this account? To this thing? I'm very confused. Because I turned that off months ago, and we haven't had anything until now. I don't understand. I'm at the... And it was also... It was also... It was also the old YouTube... Ferret, the ferret gif. I, I don't understand. I turned everything off for YouTube. Everyone's like, Yummy, don't worry about it right now, because you're ruining the podcast. Maybe I am. Maybe I am. So, yeah, if we switch to YouTube, which I don't know if that's going to wreck anything, switch to YouTube. Alert box. Everything got turned back on! What? No, it's all... No, it's all... What? Subscriber, disable. Why did... Oh, my God. That's so annoying. Why did everything get turned back on? Stupid. Stupid, stupid, stupid. I don't need to turn anything else on. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Alright. No, I have, I have not logged into 
Streamlabs OBS with with YouTube and since I stopped using YouTube. Anyways, hum, blah, 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 blah. Raw Fury is coming at us. No, those awesome guys are coming at us with Monster Prob, Move or Die, and Floppy Knights. Thunderful is showing off Steamworld Quest, Lonely Mountains, and and Lonely Mountains Downhill. United Label is showing off Eldest Scrolls and Roki. Versus Evil is showing off the Banner Saga and Pillars of Eternity 2 Deadfire. White Thorn Games is showing off A Ground and Starcrossed. Wings Interactive is showing off Later Daters, Lord Winklebottom Investigates. Yisbird Games is showing off World of Horror and Valhalla Cyberpunk Bartender Action. Zaum is showing off Disco, Disco Elysium and more coming soon. So the weird thing about this is they... Um, they're showing off a lot of older games, right? Like, as you guys, I, I, I even said, Mutant Year Zero, that's a two-year-old game. Maybe they're just trying to get more hype for it. Also, in other waters already came out. It's already out. And so, this also, Simiclara 2, that's been out for a while. This War of Mine, I'm pretty sure, and Frostpunk have been out for a while. Obviously, we all know SteamWorld Quest was my game of the year last year. Maybe they're showing off more stuff for it. Maybe some DLCs. I don't know. It's a very weird one. Why do we need this if there's really not that much going on here? You know, Rebellion Studios, I love ya, but Sniper Elite 4 is a very old game at this point. <laughs> and, I mean, obviously they want to show off their newest stuff. Weird. So let's move on. Um, Tokyo Game Show has been officially cancelled. Tokyo Game Show 2020 has been officially cancelled. It's going to be replaced by an online event, and their official statement has come out. They said, due to the outbreak of the novel coronavirus on a global scale, and the situation remains unpredictable in Japan as well, the organizer and the co-organizers organizers have reached this decision after a long consideration to place the utmost priority on health and safety of visitors, exhibitors, and stakeholders. We ask you... We ask for your kind understanding and cooperation. So usually the Tokyo Game Show would take place between the 24th and the 27th of September, uh, but it is a f- being replaced by an online event now, just like EVO 2020, Gamescom, and E3. So yeah, it's the year of online stuff, and pretty much everything throughout the rest of the year has been canceled at this point, so sucks for people this year, but it's going to suck even more next year because a lot of things are getting slowed down, so game releases that are supposed to be coming the next year probably are going to be pushed back as well. Alright, let's move on to some new Assassin's Creed Valhalla news. So the Xbox Series X thing that I was talking about, they came out and they showed us a little bit of Xbox gameplay. Now, the the thing is, guys, and as I'll show you the gameplay here. So it's pretty cool. They're showing like the Nordic lights and stuff like that. They got some. They got like a, like the, a feast room, you know. Showing off some lightning and stuff like that. There's the assassin's blade. Showing off uh, the main character there. There's a Viking ship. That's pretty cool, right? Looks beautiful. Looks beautiful. A crow? I'm thinking you're gonna have a crow in this game, right? That was a very symbolic animal back in the Nordic days. Stonehenge!
So it looks like when you land on like a beach or something like that, you're gonna have an animation for blowing your horn. That looked like a pretty cool area. That's like that might have been a cutscene, battering ram, throwing axes. Um, ba ba ba, close up on the eyes. Assassin's Creed Valhalla. So okay, here's the thing: no gameplay there at all. That was all just cutscenes and stuff like that. Really, no gameplay at all. Um, don't know why companies keep doing this. Obviously, there was really no gameplay in there at all. It was all cutscenes and story stuff. It was just a teaser, though, guys. Just a teaser. I'm sure they'll show off an actual, like, official gameplay reveal closer to when the game comes out. Um, but, you know, at this point, companies need, like, this is Ubisoft in general. They need to stop doing this stuff where it's like, oh, look at this minute of gameplay. It's like, well, it's not really gameplay if it's just, like, seconds of shots from the game and it looks all like it's in, you know, it's like a pre-rendered cutscene, stuff like that, you know? One of those things. I don't know, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just me. So let's move on to more news about it. Assassin's Creed Valhalla's Hidden Blade is going to bring back instant stealth kills, but there's a catch. There's a catch. So, one thing that I did not like about Origins and Odyssey is the fact that you can't kill people in one hit if you are not leveled up enough, right? Um, so, it's one of those things that's, like, kind of annoying, especially in Origins when you have the Hidden Blade and you, like, go behind someone to stab them, and they're like, oh, my back, and then they turn around and go, hey... <laughs> You know, you could do like a punishing move, right? But I think that would alert people in the vicinity of the of the kill. But Assassin's Creed Valhalla is going to be going back to a uh, to a one shot fatality mode. Now, there, like I said, there is kind of a hook on it. The director came out on Kotaku and said, "We continue with the idea that Ivor is not a trained assassin. Uh, Ivor, I think it's Ivor actually. Sorry, Ivor is a Viking who receives the this badass weapon and has to learn very quickly." Early in the experience, Ivor, Ivor, <laughs> Ivor, ah, will learn a technique that, with the right timing, can one-shot kill virtually anybody. So, it seems like there's going to be, like, a quick time event or something like that, or maybe an extra button press when you go to stab someone, where, yes, your level is going to decide whether you can kill someone without doing it, but if you aren't the right level, you're going to have to do, like, a special button thing or whatever. So it's like I said. It, there seems like there's gonna be a string attack attached to it, kind of like when in Odyssey and Origins when you did like the punishing move, right? So uh, obviously we don't know exactly because we haven't seen it in action, but we can only take their word for it and kind of pick apart what they say about it. I'm excited for this game. Obviously, it seems like they're going to more of a standard Assassin's Creed type setting where. You know, it's a little bit more, you know, to the point, I guess you would say, from everything we talked about last week and now this week. It seems like they are trying to kind of channel that old Assassin's Creed vibe without having to have all that bullshit in between of leveling up and blah, 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 you know. So we'll see in the future when they reveal more about it. Also, Assassin's Creed Valhalla's first DLC mission, which is a pre-order, is going to feature... Uh, Beowulf. That's right, Beowulf. Uh, known in old English poem and, and storytelling, Beowulf was a mighty man who conquered a many, like Grendel and Grendel's mother. And he becomes the king of the people, uh, blah, 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 blah. So, anyways, Assassin's Creed, the director came out and said, discover the cruel truth behind the legend. <laughs> That's it. 
So apparently, I'm guessing we're gonna be fighting Grendel, right? I think we're gonna be fighting Grendel, and uh, you're gonna kind of help him. You're gonna help Beowulf defeat Grendel or Grendel's mother, something like that. Uh, the thing about Beowulf, uh, the latest rendition of that like CGI movie that came out a while ago, strayed so far away from the story, it wasn't even watchable. Um, if, if, if anyone who's taken a English class uh, <laughs> knows. I, I, at least my school curriculum had Beowulf in it, and it's one of those things. It's like this, like we watched, we didn't, well, we read the book first, like the the the, the story, and it was like really cool, you know. There was a lot of cool things in it, and then we watched the movie for Beowulf, and we had to write a like not like a report, a, a paper about what all the differences between that movie and this, and there was just so many. Like it was like a ten-page report that I did, and I was like. I was really disappointed because the movie was looked cool, but it was terrible. And the story was awesome, but you couldn't actually see it in action unless you used your mind. I love Viking era. Did you mean to say love? I love, I love Vikings. I love the Viking era. Plundering, plundering, raiding, killing, killing poor Christians. We actually saw a cross during that um, thing, and we also saw the, the Stonehenge, so... Like I said last, like I said last week, um, it seems like the premise of the game is going to be the Anglo-Saxons. The Templars are in control of them before the British Empire rose, of course, and they're going to be like they're going to be spreading these these lies about the the Viking culture, the Nordic culture, and stuff like that. And that's going to rally the the Anglo-Saxons to you know fight them in a war uh, because the Templars are going to realize, oh, there's an assassin in their ranks or something like that. So I think that that's going to kind of be the, the storyline where it's like, well, you know, Vikings weren't actually cruel, merciless killers. They were just portrayed like that in the stories because of the Templars, which could be a cool twist on it, but it's kind of predictable at this point. And finally, don't expect Assassin's Creed Valhalla to run 60 frames per second on the PS5 or the Xbox Series X. And, um... They, they came out with this during that little tech talk thing they did. So, uh, currently, we can guarantee that Assassin's Creed Valhalla will run at least 30 frames per second on Xbox Series X. Assassin's Creed Valhalla will benefit from the faster loading times of the, of the, seri of the Series X, allowing players to immerse themselves in the history and the world without friction. Finally, Assassin's Creed Valhalla will benefit from improved graphics it made possible through the Xbox Series X, and we can't wait to see the beautiful world we're creating in a stunning 4K resolution. Now... Is it that big of a deal that it's not going to run at, third, at, at 60 frames per second? No. I mean, I'm sure there'll be minor things you can kind of see, especially when the action picks up. But I think for the most part, 30 frames per, per, per second is, is pretty good. But it's no 60 frames per second, right? 60 frames per second games obviously are going to look a little bit nicer and probably run a little bit smoother, especially with camera moves and stuff like that. So it's really weird that on their home system... The Xbox Series X, the one that Assassin's Creed has kind of been linking to, they're not going to be able to run at 60 frames per second, even though that trailer for the Series X said, oh, 60 frames per second, up to 120 frames per second. That's what they said in their E3 reveal for the Xbox Series X. And now we're getting a game that's like, well, we can't really do 60 frames per second on the Xbox Series X. Well, what is it? What is it? Can it do 120 or can't it? Let us know in the comments below, right? It's one of those things that's like it's very wishy-washy right now and until we get like the final reveal specs for it I'm gonna be kind of scratching my head about it so don't expect it to be 60 frames on the ps5 you know 
It's 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 one of those things. It's like a little weird, a little weird. Stonehenge has been made by the Druids who belong to the Celtic tribe, not the Christians. Uh, they gotta hype the crowd up somehow, and they shouldn't make promises you can't keep. I know it's one of those weird things. Like, I knew that that trailer at E3 was bullshit, though. Like, some of the stuff they said was true, but the the one person came out and they were like being able to see games in 120 frames per second. And I just laughed. I think I even live- were we live streaming that or what? I don't remember. I just laughed at that. I'm like, that's what you're coming- like, 60 frames per second is probably the, the best that we can do right now, especially with- even with PCs at times. It's like a console- a console that's like a miniature PC? Like, that's not- that's gonna be able to do 120 frames per second. I'll believe it when I see it. But right now it's not looking too good because they're saying we can't do it. <laughs> We can't get Assassin's Creed Valhalla to run 60 frames per second. It's maybe it's because it's going to be cross-play between you know Xbox One and PS4 to X, the PS5 and Xbox Series X. Maybe that's the reason. But if if you're going to be coming out of the gates with a game like this, that's going to that's going to be so probably everyone's going to be looking into this game because of Vikings, right? You want to put your best foot forward. You know, you want to, you want to really put your best put foot forward, especially for a next, the next generation of consoles. You don't want to have a, a trash lineup at, at the beginning of this console generation. The last console, the PS4, the Xbox uh, One, had such a bad lineup when they originally came out. Look at the PS4. Knack, Killzone Shadowfall, Madden, uh, um, FIFA, Call of Duty Ghosts, Battlefield 4. And, um, there was one other game. Assassin's Creed Unity. That, that was the lineup for the PS4 when it originally came out. And there was, you know, oh, if you had a, if you had Call of Duty Ghosts on the PS3, you could encode, you know, you could get it for $5 on the PS4. And it's like, you really need to have a more kick-ass lineup, especially for this generation. This generation is going to be the hardest sell, I think. Because you look at the PS4 Pro and the Xbox One XS, whatever it's called, those are really good systems. Even though I don't like the Xbox of you know from this generation, I think that they still made a pretty good piece of hardware in the end. The PS4 Pro obviously is a better version of the original P PS4, but I still use my original PS4. It plays games pretty well, except for the fact that it, it's gonna you know it, it, the fan runs so loud that you can't hear the audio over it. But it still runs the games like Death Stranding and stuff like that. So they're really going to have to sell, like, this is the definitive way to play games now. This is going to be the future. And there's not going to be a midway console, like, half console generation coming out, right? They have to kind of hammer that home and be like, hey, we, we promise this is it. This is the next generation. There's not going to be any new iterations for a long, long time. Because remember, the PS3 obviously had a few different iterations, right? It had the slim version, it had the bulky version, the original version, and it had the the new, like, really, really slim version. But those didn't come out till later in its life. Same thing with the 360. It had the white version of the console and the Elite. And then all of a sudden, midway through them, they're like, oh, we should probably fix the problems. And then that's when the, the new version came out, right? And there's always going to be new versions of consoles, but I feel like people are going to be spending a lot of money for these consoles. These consoles are not going to be cheap. It's going to be probably the cost of... Like a, a fancy computer, right? Maybe not, you know, a thousand dollars, but I'm thinking it's gonna be around five hundred, six hundred per console, with all that they're packing into it, all that we know about it. So uh, it's gonna be one of those things. Like, if you can't do thirty frames per second now, what what makes you think you can do thirty frames per second a year later? You know, on the same on the same console. So another one of those wait and see type things, you know.
Nine Uh Varric says, I still think I still think this game's this wait. This gen's games are pretty weak compared to last gen's. I, I don't know. I think that the PS4 has had a really impressive lineup compared to the PS3. Uncharted 4, God of War, Horizon Zero Dawn, Detroit Become Human was originally a PlayStation exclusive. Days Gone, even though it's not as great, it's still a pretty good game. Uh, Spider-Man on the PS4 as well. Uh, there's also a bunch of indie games that came out as well that, that were PS4 exclusive that were pretty good. But look at the Xbox One's lineup, you know, and I know I don't want to bash Xbox, but I mean, originally they had like ReCore, which was not that great. Uh, there was um, Quantum Break, which was reviewed pretty poorly. Gears 4, which was a, in my opinion, was a pretty bad game. Uh, the only good game really that came out to the uh, to the Xbox One was Sunset Overdrive, and that, that game's on PC now. Last gen had a massive selection. This gen feels like there's only a handful in uh, a lot of remasters. Well, I think you're not looking at the broad spectrum of this console generation. There have been a lot of releases, and you gotta look at the indie games for the major, like for the, the for the bulk of it. AAA games, they're not gonna be able to make them as fast anymore, and I, I'm actually okay with that. You know, on the PS3 and the, the 360, yeah, you could you could you could flush out a bunch of games, and those game those consoles had a long life. Look at how long the Xbox 360 has lived, right? And you gotta, and then this generation has been around for like five, six years now, so it's kind of getting there. But you gotta also remember, like, these games are taking a lot longer to make. Like God of War, that game, I think they said took them at least three to four years to make. Whereas, like, in the old days, Uncharted one, two, and three, look at the look at the release windows between all three of those games. There's differences between them, obviously, graphical upgrades and stuff like that, but not a lot of time between them. Compared to these games. So anyways, let's move on. Reggie fils What's he's up? What is he up to, guys? Reggie fils Um... He has become the... <laughs> uh, he's joined the board of directors for... Uh... Spin Masters. So, Reggie has a long list of things that he's done after retiring from Nintendo, right? He was the president of Nintendo of America until April last year, or this year was it? Yeah, no, last year, duh. <laughs> April. Um, and he joined, he recently joined GameStop's board of directors. He was also a leader in res residence at Cornell University, and he returned to the Game Awards as a presenter, and now he's going on to the, be the board, on the board of directors for Spin Corp. Now, what is Spin Corp? They're a company, a toy and an entertainment company for Paw Patrol, Hatchimals, Bakugan, and Erector. Right? That's all, that, all those things are huge kid things, especially Paw Patrol. So Reggie came out and said, What do I have in common with Bakugan, Hatchimals, Paw Patrol, Gund, Air Hog, Sago Mini, and Connect Sand? Answer, I am joining their board of Spin Masters Corporation, an innovative force in the global toy industry. A new way to make life more fun. So he's got a lot to do. Uh, he, he hasn't been slowing down. Everyone thought that after he retired from Nintendo of America, he was just going to kind of sit down and take a break. But uh, right away, he he jumped into new things. And he's doing a lot of things for his community as well, uh, which is really cool. So we'll see where this goes. Um, I'm not sure what he's going to do inside this company. But obviously, he's a good brain to have on your board of directors. Now... GameStop, I haven't seen much change with GameStop. Obviously, the virus is kind of taking over right now. 
but uh, I don't think GameStop has done anything really that great with, with Reggie aboard, but we'll see. Kind of links back to Papa John's, right? Papa John's, you know, got Papa John out of there, and all of a sudden, they haven't been selling as many pizzas, and the quality of their pizzas has gone downhill. I'll say it. I'll say it. But that's the story for another podcast. Ninjala is being delayed until June. They're saying it's due to coronavirus, but I think we all know it's because of the lackluster beta that they or alpha that they put out recently. The servers were awful, no one was able to connect, and when you could connect, the lag was insane. But anyways, Gung Ho Online Entertainment's president, CEO, Kazuki Morishita released a statement apologizing to fans. He said, Ninjala is near completion, but we are significantly limited in how quickly we can work and and to test and finalize the game when we cannot be in the same room. Although we were working hard to launch Ninjala and release it to our fans, the health and safety of our employees is paramount. We apologize to Ninjala fans who are eagerly, eagerly anticipating the game's launch, and we ask for your understanding as we work to bring you the best game we can in addition in this additional month. They also uploaded a video uh, on uh, on on their YouTube channel as well, talking about what's going on. So that's that's the thing. Um, I think that Ninjala is being delayed because the game's beta was so terrible, and the the format for the game was like the beta was awful as well. Like it was only an hour long, but they had to extend it, of course. But still, when they were trying to fix the servers, like nothing was working, and they had such a limited time frame the stress the servers it was just not it was just a really bad idea from the get-go and i think they found out oh shit we need to do a lot more work with this game so i think they're using the coronavirus as a cover to be honest with you guys um i know it's kind of like oh why, why are you saying that but i think really i really think it is a cover in this case um so we'll see in the future about this game this game is supposedly supposed to be a free-to-play game and it's supposed to come out in june now um and with free-to-play games you're gonna be getting a lot of players because it's free and you need to have the best servers you can. Look at Fortnite. Fortnite has a free, whole free-to-play section in that game. Have you ever really experienced anything terrible like lag or something like that? Of course, I wouldn't know because I barely play the game. I've played it once on the ch- on the on the YouTube channel, but I never experienced like terrible lag or anything like that. And it's a free-to-play game that's been around for a little while now, but it's still one of those things. It's like take that as an example. There's millions of people playing Fortnite. I'm sure Ninjala is not going to get millions of players, but it could get hundreds of thousands. You know. And yet, you, you need good servers. So don't skimp out on those things. And I know Nintendo Online ain't the best, right? Nintendo Online is still pretty terrible, and people have been complaining about it for years now. Well, years. Probably about a year now since it came out. And they haven't done squat. Games still don't run that great when you're trying to connect to more than one person. And it's like, come on, I know we're paying five bucks a month for this shit, but it's shit. It's one of the reasons why I actually haven't gone back to Smash, because the only other thing I can do in that game is online, and it doesn't work! <sighs> Averick says, as long as you have a dedicated community, you can become successful. And if you have a good game. <laughs> Alright, <clears throat> moving on. Pokemon Company is going to start banning people in Sword and Shield who deliberately disconnect from competitive online matches. So, there was a new exploit in uh, Sword and Shield where if you... I think if you disconnect from a match, like, 
turn off your internet, it won't count a win or loss, right? It'll just it'll be like you never played that match. So people who obviously love their stats have been disconnecting from games that they are obviously going to lose. And that wrecks someone else's score as well, because that person is, you know, they, they need, they're, they're trying to get their, their shit up too, their win-loss ratio. Um, according to Pokemon Matome, Japanese players who have been abusing this bug uh, with the, you know, turning off your internet, is now going to start to receive online bans. While these bans are believed to be permanent, the Pokemon company said it's also open to temporary pan- bans. So, this is a warning they, I- they issued last week. We are able to confirm that a number of players have been disconnecting from the internet to manipulate their win-loss records for online battles and tournaments. From now on, if we determine that players abuse this bug for their own gain in online battles and tournaments, we will not hesitate to temporarily ban or even permanently ban players from accessing online play in Pokemon Sword and Shield. So, yeah, it's one of those things that's like, People ruin things, right? They find their little, they find their little, you know, hacks, right? And they, and they ruin things for everyone. This is a, I mean, win loss ratio is a big thing, especially for Mortal Kombat players. Uh, players, uh, there's also like Call of Duty players who will disconnect from servers before their time is up. Those companies have in, in, enacted like a, you know, you automatically get a loss if you're disconnected from the game, which is good. Especially in Mortal Kombat, when you're playing competitive games in Mortal Kombat, I know I did a little bit of it back when, you know, when when uh, Eleven originally was it, is it Eleven? Yeah, when Eleven originally came out, and uh, I know that there was a few people who like I was about to win, and because they didn't want their stats wrecked, they would disconnect. But the thing is, I still got a win. You know, it still marked me as a win. And I looked at their 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 card, and obviously they're offline because they they turn off their PlayStation or whatever. But it counted them as a loss, and that's good. And I think that. Pokemon should implement something like that. If you get disconnected from a game, you just automatically get a loss no matter what. And I know people are going to be like, Oh, but my internet crashed. I accidentally turned off my switch. It's like, fuck off. No, you didn't. Just like with Temtem. These people who were going on their Twitter and being like, Oh my God, why did I get banned? I didn't cheat. And everyone was like trying to defend them. And then it turned out like they revealed everything and they were like, Oh shit, they actually did cheat. Oh, oops. (laughs) So yeah. I think that... I think for the most part, if you disconnect during an online match, and I know this is in response to you, Varric, I think 99% of the time it's because that other person is leaving the game because they're about to lose. So there you go. All right, Nintendo has been cracking down on a Super Mario 64 PC port. Uh, which, uh, obviously, Nintendo doesn't like their games being out there for free, nor do they like them being ported to other consoles and platforms, so you knew that right away this was going to be taken down as soon as it started gaining traction. I never did get to download this or play it, but people said it was a pretty good port of the game, and the mapping of the controls was really good. So, um, the law firm, U.S. law firm, called Wildwood Law Group LLC, which has worked with Nintendo in the past to suppress the availability of modding tools and related products. They were uh, contacted about this new thing by Nintendo, and they've officially started their investigation, Ah, blah, 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 blah. So Torrent Freak was able to get a hold of one of the complaints filed with Google, and here's exactly what the complaint said. The copyrighted work is Nintendo's Super Mario 64 video game, including the audio-visual work, software, and fictional character depictions covered by U.S. copy uh, regulation number blah, 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 blah. It was redacted. 
The report file contains an unauthorized derivative work based on Nintendo's copyrighted work. So Nintendo has been co also been targeting YouTube channels who have been uploading footage of the PC port, and they've been taking down links and stuff like that on websites about this port as well. Funny thing is, Nintendo Life actually came out last week and said, Oh wow, look at this Super Mario 64 port, isn't this awesome? And now they're like, ah, this is a bad idea. You should go to jail, right? But yeah, uh, legal measures have been taken, and there have been some cases where YouTube, you know, YouTube videos have been taken down. Um, uh, so far, download links have been removed, but uh, the game is apparently still available on the website as of right now. Uh, Varric says, even if you can't play the damn game anymore, I get where they're coming from, but if they care so much, then make it accessible for people that want to play it. Well, they really should release their old games on the Switch or, you know, other platforms or be the make them available to download. I know with Nintendo Online, we're getting some free games from like these, you know, SNES and NES, but that's not enough for me. I grew up with the 64. I want the 64 games. I want a Nintendo 64 Mini. Hell, I would even spend money to get a Donkey Kong 64 uh, remaster on the Switch or HD port. I don't care. I want to play those games again because they are childhood favorites of mine, and I would love to play them on the channel. But I can't do that unless I download illegal versions of this game, and I'm not willing to do that if they have malware attached to them, right? It's it, that's a big risk is downloading a, a you know a, an emulator because some of them have malware attached to them that that just slows down your computer and it's like oh my god please so nintendo needs to get their head out of their ass and start re-releasing these games on the newer system the wii u had the virtual games right i was able to play 64 and donkey Kong 64 on the wii u why not the switch i don't know they don't want money is that the thing they don't like money okay well if you don't like money then stop going after these companies or these places that are modding your games jesus Hey, Callus. How you doing today, Callus? I really enjoyed that game you were playing yesterday. I wish I could stuck around for more, but I'm old man and I need to go to bed. Next up, the Nintendo Switch is getting a piano app later this week. So the piano, uh, so if you don't want to buy the, you know, Nintendo Labo and set that all up, there's going to be a new app called Piano that you'll be able to transform your Switch into a mini piano wherever you go. It's going to come with a free-to-play mode where you can tinkle with ivories to your heart's content. That's a weird thing. Uh, and you can also... <clears throat> it also includes nine tutorials of classic songs that you can play if you're a beginner. Uh, there's no footage yet, but there are a few screenshots. So right here it says free play and music learn. And you can kind of see how the piano is there. And you can actually use your the buttons on it, or you can probably press them with a touchpad. Right here said, here's the different uh, songs you can play. So there's Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, Happy Birthday, Jingle Bells, Old MacDonald, Are You Sleeping, London Bridges Falling Down, Donkey Donkey, and uh, Farewell and Doll and Bear Dancing. So it's going to be available Friday the 15th of May for about $10, which is a little bit expensive for what we're seeing here. Uh, I, I think I misspoke earlier. I said the free-to-play version, but there's just a free play, not just not free-to-play. I apologize about that. So if you want to, you can check that out. I'm guessing it's not going to be worth a $10 price tag, but what you going to do? It's okay, old man. All right, so Sony has revealed their new PlayStation Studios logo. Let's check that out. Meow. 
So we're seeing Horizon, there was Last of Us, God of War, there's Ellie, there's Little Big Planet. Hold on. We're gonna go back. So yeah, PlayStation Studios, that's a pretty cool logo, but let's... So that was Nathan Drake, okay, that's Nathan Drake. Horizon Zero Dawn, Ratchet and Clank, God of War, Ellie, Little Big Planet. Holy shit, guys. They excluded a lot of properties from this logo. Now, obviously not everyone can be Marvel and have 50 million characters flash on the screen before a movie starts, but they're missing other things in there, which is a little weird to me. Needs Parappa the Rappa. There's a bunch of different things that we didn't see. So we saw Ratchet, we saw a bunch of the new IPs, God of War, stuff like that, but we didn't see stuff like Days Gone. <laughs> Are they... Days Gone wasn't in there. Marvel's Spider-Man wasn't there. Infamous? We didn't see Infamous? Uh... Weird. That's a good logo. Like, I don't mind it. They missed some things in there, though, that I would like to see. Hmm... So, yeah. Also, they didn't have Ghost of Tsushima in there as well. Um, weird. So, uh, they spoke to GameIndustry.biz. Executive Eric Lempel said that they hope the consumers will be seeing the branding and associate it with the quality games they've come to expect from Sony. Which is true. I think that Sony puts out a lot of quality games. And people can, you know, debunk that or, you know, be against that, but for the most part, like I said in the past, and like I've said already in this podcast, I don't see anything wrong with this generation's PS4 exclusives. I think most of them have been crackerjack, old boy. So, uh, yeah. I like the new logo. Looks looks slick, but I think it's missing a few things. Alright, Predator Hunting Grounds is going to bring back Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, his character Dutch is coming back on a new DLC. Now, as everyone knows, Predator Hunting Grounds is a pile of garbage in my opinion. I know people have been enjoying it, but the beta was like really off-putting for me, so I decided not to get it. Anyways, Ilphonic is tackling DLC, so they're bringing in Arnold Schwarzenegger as Dutch, and he's going to be returning to the franchise with a playable character, and that's going to be coming the 26th of May, alongside a, a set of collectible tapes voiced by Arnold Schwarzenegger himself. Um, these will piece together what the soldier has been doing since 1987, and will be delivered as a free content drop. You'll need to pay the play as Dutch, however. Detailed in the PlayStation blog, uh, purchasing the first pack will also give you early access to Dutch's knife and the QR5 hammerhead rifle. But that's not all. Ilphonic has commit is committed to at least another three pieces of DLC, and of course they show here more is coming soon. So we'll see what these other updates are. Um, so yeah, we'll see what those are. Fix the bugs first, says Varric. Yeah, I mean, when we when Greedy and I played this game uh, with the little beta thing, which is supposed to be the full version of the game, I've already done a podcast about it, and there's a clip on the Fair 64 official channel, but in, for the most part, I felt like it was unbalanced, I felt like the controls were sloppy and slow, and I just felt like the game was just uh, not very good in general. Uh, I've not read any reviews about this game, but there's actually some people who love this game to death. Uh, they've been, like, defending it online, and I'm like... I don't know, man. There's loot crates in this damn thing. Even though you don't buy them with real money, they're still loot crates, and I don't understand the loot crate system at all. Really weird. Uh, Varric loves the game. 
They did well to fix a lot of the issues with the first patch, but there's still a few things that need hammered out. So there's one of those people who love the game right there. <laughs> Nothing wrong with liking a game that I don't like. Everyone's opinion is their own, as I said with the Symphony of the Night review. Uh, I'm not going to shit on you for liking the game, but I am going to... Uh, I, I will comment that I don't like the game, and I will tell you why. Which I already did. Also, speaking of more roadmaps, uh, Civilization VI has revealed its roadmap for the PS4 and the Switch. And if you guys don't know, Civilization VI on the computer and on the Switch and PS4 and Xbox are two different things. They're pretty different games. So, the 2020-2021 content roadmap. They're calling this the New Frontier Pass, which is going to be available for about $40. There's about six packs in here. Uh, in May, we're getting the Maya and Grand Columbia pack. Two new civilizations and two new leaders. The Apocalypse game mode and the new city-states are coming. The Ethiopia pack is coming in July. One civilization, one leader. A secret society's game mode and a new district and infrastructure mode. September, number three, there's going to be two new leaders and civilizations with a new game mode and more new content. Same thing for the fifth pack. There's going to be two new, two, one new civilization with two new leaders. That's, that's new. Also, pack number four, new civilization and leader, and pack number six, new civilization and leader as well. So, um, we've already kind of read through this stuff. I don't need to re-say anything like that. Uh, but we'll see what these new character packs are. They're probably just going to mirror what they've put out on the PC already, which they've done with the Mayan and the Ethiopia packs. Um, I haven't heard much about the game since uh, its release and the uh, the original like debunk about you know not being able to beat the game if you're going for a specific victory. But other than that, I haven't really heard much about it. I just heard it was kind of like a mediocre way to play the game. Uh, I have it on PC and I haven't played it a lot, but I do know that I like Civilization V better. So take that as you will. Okay, uh, final piece of information for LEGO Star Wars before its release. It's going to be releasing, or expecting to be released in October. We talked about the cover last time. I thought it was a pretty lame cover. As you guys know, the sequel, the the, the sequel trilogy is obviously not as well liked as the other two the other true trilogies of my, in like from what I've seen and from what I what I am. So the fact that they have Ray Finn. BB-8 and Ren and yeah Ren on the front is kind of weird to me and the fact that Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker aren't the same height is also very strange to me as well those are the two figureheads of the series also the fact that Han Solo and Princess Leia are in the background along with Obi-Wan R2-D2 C-3PO and Yoda as well put the sequel characters in the background the sequel characters are dog shit we all know it <clears throat> i'm not going to i'm not going to mince my words here the sequel trilogy is dog shit all right i would rather have the prequel trilogy character i'd rather jar jar binks in place of ray to be honest with you like that's how much i don't like the sequel trilogy force awakens is fine but the last jedi and, and rise of skywalker awful awful movies why is Disney so set on putting these characters in the forefront? This is gonna this is gonna age so poorly. It's gonna age so so poorly. But that's what we get. We get we get the main characters of the franchise in the background and the new characters that they want to push at you in the front. Chewbacca's fine. I don't mind Chewbacca there. But put R2D2 here. Put Han Solo here. Put Princess actually put Princess Leia in the in the middle. Put Han Solo next to her. Have C three PO on the side and R two D two on the side. Put the put the other characters who are in the less liked trilogies in the background. I uh, to be honest, I like the prequel trilogy more than the sequel trilogy. 
and that's saying something because Attack of the Clones is my least favorite Star Wars movie. It's on the it's on my list. But damn, if Rise of Skywalker and the Last Jedi aren't number like the the, the, the two above it, you know. I just don't understand. Even fans don't like it. But Disney's like, oh, we should make our whole theme park section based around the sequels. It's like that's gonna age so poorly. You're gonna be changing that to a to a original trilogy thing very soon. Well, not very soon, but probably eventually in the future. I'm still excited for this game. This is obviously not like that important. A cover to the game is not that important. But I'm just saying, like, there's other characters who are more loved and respected in the Star Wars community and in Star Wars in general. And the fact that you're putting two very weak characters on the front here, along with Ren and BB-8 and Chewbacca, is kind of insulting to the series. Finn has a terrible arc, okay? You, I, I've talked about it on FUBAR, whatever. Rey, once again, terrible arc. At least Ren has some sort of arc to him, right? But it, like I said, it should, it should be C-3PO, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Princess Leia, Han Solo, Yoda, R2-D2 on the front. That's what I'm saying here. And I think Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader should be the same height. They should be about the same. Because they're both the two most major characters. And you're calling the goddamn so Skywalker Saga. <laughs> Alright, come on. Moving on. That's not really a hot take. I don't think that's a hot take. It's Lego. It's aimed at kids who are probably more fond of the sequels. Probably. Ren is based off of Jack... Jack and Solo, who was the original canon before they made this shit. I don't remember Jack. I don't remember that. Half the fans that love the sequel trilogy love it. <laughs> what did I just read? Half the fans that love the sequel trilogy love it. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a funny one. Alright, moving on. Better news. Tony Hawk, Pro Skater 1 and 2 are getting remakes. And I believe it's a it's like a joint remake. And it's going to launch in September. Let's watch the trailer for that. I've already watched it myself, of course. But, you know me. I like to rewatch things thousands of times. So, um, you're kind of getting the original vibes of the game. But they've already come out and said that the soundtrack is not going to be complete. It's not going to have all the songs from the old games. That's okay, though. Um, I think that this game is going to do a lot better than the HD version that was um, out in, I don't know, a few years ago. I'm going to turn this down a little bit because that is copyrighted music. Um, so you can see here, like, they're showing off, uh, you know, the like how improved the textures are and stuff like that. I'm really hoping they bring back all those original characters that we know and love, like Bam Man Jerry. If Bam, if Bam isn't in this game, I'm going to be pissed. I love playing as Bam. He's in Jackass, guys. But they're just showing all the new, like... Oh, wait, wait, go back, go back, go back. They're showing all the different areas, and they also showed, um... The soundtrack here. Hold on. Ah, oh, fuck. So, Unforgettable Soundtrack. Naughty by Nature, Papa Roach, Primus, Lagwagon, Rage Against the Machine, uh, Milena Colin, Goldfinger, Dead Kennedys, Bad Religion, Power Man 5000. Good stuff! Probably the, their old-school songs, too. So yeah, it's gonna be pretty cool. Uh, you can see like that. I, I remember playing this stuff as a kid, and it's gonna be so weird to play it with like enhanced graphics and stuff like that. 
Originally, when I looked at this game, I said, oh, it looks like Tony Hawk Pro Skater 5 with the graphics. But now that I look at it a little bit more and I've seen a little bit more about it, it does look a, it does look a lot better than Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5. Um, so, yeah, it looks it looks pretty cool, and I'm, I'm actually kind of excited for it now. So there you go. So I'm going to go ahead and stop that because the copyright music is going to screw me. But yeah, um, Tony Hawk is going to include... So what's, what's it going to include? They came out and they said it's going to include... Uh, create a park online create a park which will you also be having the create a skater is also going to return as well they also said that um in, uh, in addition to bringing back all the levels skaters and some of the music you remember the remakes are going to offer all the modes that used to play uh, activision's james matone says you will be able to play solo or local co-op via split screen which is always nice to have also it includes online multiplayer so modes like horse will find new life and with online opponents also i hope graffiti's back graffiti was my favorite one to play greedy waffle and i used to play that a lot trying to do better moves than the other person on a specific item in the game and it would change the blue or red depending on whose controller you were using so I really hope Horse, and I really hope that Graffiti comes back. I love Graffiti. And also, the Creative Park is pretty cool. That was something that was added in, in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5, I think. Maybe it was before that. But uh, hopefully they've improved that. And then also, Creative Skater. I'm probably just going to use Bam Manjaro, to be honest with you guys. <laughs> um, yeah, so we'll see more about this when it comes out. Uh, which, uh, did they say what day it was going to come out? The 4th of September is it's slated to come out. And what does the bonus pre-orders and retail editions have inside them so if you get it from uh you know digitally uh you'll get the ripper skater from powell parathla you also get a unique retro outfit for tony hawk steve Cal caballero and rodney mullen and you also get unique retro content for the creative skater mode the collector's edition i'm surprised shinobi nando hasn't already come out with something for this you're going to get the Deluxe Edition content, and you're also going to get a Limited Edition Birdhouse Falcon 2 Design Skateboard. And you'll also get the full game, of course, the Digital Deluxe Edition, and the Limited Edition full... Oh, I already read that. What the fuck? <laughs> but the, the Tony... Like, this board is pretty cool for a Deluxe Edition. I'm not sure... Uh, let's see. It's going to be about $100 for the Collector Edition. The Deluxe Edition is going to be $40, and the Regular Edition is also going to be $40. Oh, oh, I, okay. I read that wrong. So the collector's edition is is a hundred dollars on Amazon. The pro skater collector's edition is going to be a little bit less. The physical edition is going to be a little bit less, so it's going to be about ninety dollars. And then the regular version of the game that comes with the other incentives built in is going to be forty dollars. Okay, so there you go. That board looks pretty dank, but I'm not a skater. I'm not a skater boy. So I have no reason to get that. But it's cool, though. Alright, moving on to Harvest Moon. One World has been announced for the Nintendo Switch. I've never really played Harvest Moon nor Animal Crossing, but I know that both those games are kind of in the same vein or kind of lumped together, I think. I don't know. So it's set to launch in autumn. The game will have fledging farmers exploring an entire world of new and familiar faces, unique villages, and adventurous challenges, all while managing their growing farm. The new title is being developed with an all-new engine and graphics. The president and CEO of Natsume, Hiro Meikawa, 
came out and said, Harvest Moon One World features a brand new way of exploring Harvest Moon that seasoned players and new generations will both enjoy. Over the decades, Harvest Moon has evolved but has always retained the traditional family-friendly farming fun that the franchise is known for. The new game and the new engine and new graphics will upgrade this experience for 2020. We are so excited to share about the features of Harvest Moon One World in the coming months. There's no screenshots or trailers yet, yet, but those are supposed to be coming next month. Uh, also, in an official blog, they came out and said, Can you imagine a world without tomatoes, strawberries, or even cabbage? In the latest entry in the Harvest Moon series, that's the situation players will find themselves in. Only on old book, only an old book gives hints of what w- once was. Beyond uh, boy buoyed by a mysterious discovery, players will find themselves setting out on an adventure that spans not only their hometown but the whole world. What kind of people and places await from the gorgeous beaches of Hollow Hollow to the snowy mountains of Salmaki? There's literally an entire world to explore. So there you go. Anyone a fan of Harvest Moon in the chat? I used to love Harvest Moon, says Callus, and so did Varric's brother. Safe, family-friendly, farming, fun, five times fast. <sighs> okay. Family-friendly, farming, fun. 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 Ah. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. Alright, Harvest Moon. Coming in 2020. A new game. 2020. Sounds like you're saying farting fun. Probably am. Probably am. Alright, Marvel's Iron Man VR is coming on the 3rd of July. So it was pushed back indefinitely the same day as Last of Us Part 2. And now they're saying the 3rd of July is going to be the new release date for Iron Man. So... All my thoughts about, oh, this is going to release with a new VR headset for the PS5 are completely false now. Uh, they would have been a good idea. Would have been a good idea. So anyways, PlayStation came out and said, update. We are pleased to announce that Marvel's Iron Man VR is going to release on July 3rd. Please look forward to more news in the coming weeks. So yeah, it's literally coming out. Um, I don't think it's between Last of Us Part 2 and Ghost of Tsushima, but it's like before Last or. Is it July? Oh, it is July. So it is right between um, Last of Us Part Two and Ghost of Tsushima. So people who are PSVR fans, you're going to get your... probably This is probably going to be the last hoorah for PS4 Iron Man game. Iron Man VR looks great. I don't think they've released any gameplay for it. I don't think they've released... VR gameplay... Okay, so they have they do have some gameplay here. I haven't seen this. Let's see what it looks like. Uh, oh, oh my god, they're showing the stage and everything. It does look, uh, well, that does look pretty good. Ooh, he's flying around. Okay, we don't need to see the presenters. It looks like he's doing flight check or something like that. It looks like he has, like, a super punch. Obviously, there's, a you know, the beams, the lasers. So, yeah, it looks like it's going to be, like, the Iron Man gameplay we've been expecting. You know, for a long time. Cool. Alright, moving on to... Mafia Definitive Edition is a full remake with expanded story, and it's not just going to be a remaster. So, it was leaked on the Xbox Store. 
A trailer as well was leaked of, of uh, the Mafia uh, remaster. Also, a bunch of screenshots were leaked as well. So, I, I'm really interested to see what this looks like. Everything I've done. Hey, it's, it's your boy, man. Tony Picasso, pepperoni. I've done for my family. My family. Bastards here. Mafia Definitive Edition. It says pre-order now. So, yeah, like I said, this was leaked. Um, it's also going to be available in the Mafia Trilogy. Okay. So, yeah, apparently this was all leaked on Xbox's store. And people obviously have downloaded the images and, and the videos and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's going to be a full remake with a new engine, complete with brand new assets and an expanded story. So, like I said, several screenshots have popped up. So here's them driving a car. Looks like they're maybe shooting out of the car at a car in front of them. Which, I mean, this looks gorgeous. Look at the reflections on the car. Um, here's another one. It's a dock scene, and it looks like you're maybe some beer and the alcohol. Obviously, this is when the probably I think this is when the alcohol was banned or illegal in, in the United States. Looks like you're doing like a midnight shift there. Right here, looks like you're gonna be assassinating this guy in the white suit. Maybe this is this kid's first like assassination attempt, right? Here's another one. You see a guy cleaning a car here. It looks really good. Looks really good. So right here, it looks like there's some, looks like, um, um, you know, some guys came into the bar you were in and they're shooting the place up. Kind of cool. Not kind of cool. Not as gorgeous as you. Oh, thank you. So, yeah, um, there you go. I, I'm really, I'm really interested in this. Uh, I never played the Mafia series except for Mafia 3 and that game was not that great, but I've always heard good things about Mafia 1 and 2 and the Godfather game, to be honest with you guys. So I'm going to be interested to see this. Uh, Punisher... Oh, uh, I forgot to say hello to Coco. Coco, how are you doing today? How are you doing? Uh, Punisher says, I know we passed Star Wars topic, but I couldn't remember that word until now. Between OT and sequel trilogy, it's the same monomyth? Uh, do I pre-order now? Prohibition. You can... I don't know if you can pre-order it now. I'm not sure. There's Johnny. Don't mess with Johnny. Yeah, don't mess with my pasta. Don't mess with my pasta. I'm the only one. <laughs> Alright, so yeah, pretty cool. Mafia 2, or Mafia Definitive Edition coming. It looks like, I mean, it looks like it's slated for the 20th of August. Let me see if there's been an update to this. Mafia Remastered. Uh, let's just see. Uh, 2K reveals Mafia Trilogy in a new teaser video. So it looks like they've officially, yeah, it looks like they've officially, um released it now that it's been put on the internet so they have they've officially released the trailer that we saw in the twitter video looks like there's a little bit more to it than what we saw actually this is a different trailer it looks like unless i wasn't paying attention i killed anybody that got in my way family and who you're born with so this is for the this is for the trilogy okay this mafia trilogy so it looks like Mafia, the Mafia remaster is going to be available solo and also available with the Mafia trilogy, which is good. Which is good because I don't want to buy the trilogy. Um, people are saying if it's a if the trilogy is completely remastered, that'd be a good deal. But if it's just the one game being remastered and the other ones are like ports, you know, Mafia Three obviously came out in this generation, but yeah. So there you go, Johnny Knoxville. No. <laughs> All right. Here's a new game that's going to be coming out in August. It's called uh, Scully. Let's take a look at that. It's coming from Modus Games. 
and finish line games. Meet Scully. Meet Scully. Oh, oh, it's like um, it's like Rock of Ages except you're a skull. Well, I mean, not like. I mean, it looks like a platforming Rock of Ages type game. Magically transform. So it looks like you trans transform in like mud pits or something like that. Oh, look at that! You become like a rock monster, and you come like little things too. Combine skills. Dash. Looks like there's a slam. Levitate. Move, jump, double jump, throwing rocks. Oh, he threw his skull, okay. Save the island! Skull of Ages, yep. <laughs> this looks pretty neat. Even, even looks graphically impressive, too. So it kind of reminds me of um, coming August 4th to PS4, Xbox, PC, and Switch. Peggy 18. I'm sorry, 7. <laughs> Not 18. <laughs> that looks pretty cool. Looks pretty cute. Um, so it says, Summoned by the local deity desperate for peace among his kin, Scully can sculpt new abilities from pools of magical clay found throughout the lush island he was washed up on. Daniel Posner, CEO of Finish Line Games, said that the team is really excited to share Scully with the world. We think a lot of people will connect with this game, and it's a heroic journey of, of a seemingly unimposing character destined to accomplish great Ooh. things. So yeah, it looks really, really cool. Boulder and Scully, get it? Yeah, I'm yeah, oof on that one for sure. Seems like a knack too. All right, I'm I'm unmodding. Great, no, <laughs> that doesn't look like knack two at all. <laughs> what? It lo it looks like a combination between like Rock of Ages and um. Yoku's Island Adventure. You're a ball, and you're doing platforming things, and you can transform into different characters. When you transform... No! Oh my god. Well, this is coming from a person who never played Knack 2, right? Uh, Knack, when you transform as Knack, even in the first game, you, you acquire crystals and you become Ice Knack, right? Knack always looks the same. This game, you're transforming different characters and doing different things. Knack never had a levitate ability. Knack never had a, uh, you know, throw rocks ability. He can pick things up and throw them, but he can't, he can't shoot rocks. He never had, he never had a dash. Well, he did have a dash ability. That's not true. And Coco was the foremost Knack representative. All right. He knows the best out of all of us. And he says, not really. So that's the definitive answer for you. Greedy Waffle, get out of here. Alright, Immortal Realms Vampire Wars is going to bring turn-based combat to the Switch in August. So, they don't have a trailer for it, but they do have a developer diary. I just want to kind of skip around, look at some gameplay for it. So it kind of looks like Armello, and another game that we recently found as well, where it's like turn-based, you're going across this board, looks like you might be using some cards here or there. You see, there's like uh, kind of maybe it's maybe it's more like an Age of Empires turn-based Age of Empires. I mean, I don't want to watch this whole thing because it's obviously just a big developer thing. But yeah, it looks like uh, it looks like it's gonna be like a turn-based game with different factions. Um, kind of looks interesting. Look at that castle. That reminds me of like 
Battle for Middle-earth. So it says, features, the truth unfolds, discover the secret of Nemir, and, ex and experience an enthralling story spanning across 12 meticulously crafted missions. Discover the bloodlines, command one of three unique vampire clans with distinct units, powers, gameplay mechanics, and characteristics. You can play as Dracula, Nosferanus, or Mythical Moria. Vampire powers, powerful spells and abilities that enhance the gameplay and provide a refreshing take on, on the genre. Strategy and tactic, command legendary armies, recruit new units, and unlock crucial technologies. And varied content, choose from three different gameplay modes, the story-driven campaign, the open-world sandbox, and the hand hard-fought scrimmish. So here's some screenshots there. So yeah, it looks like it's going to be kind of a neat little, uh, little game. Turn-based strategy, tactics, yeah. So there you go. And then finally today, I saved the best for last, guys. I saved the best for last. I didn't get to play this at PAX, but it was at PAX. I got to see a lot of gameplay, and this game is looking to be fun. It's called Fall Guys. So you go through an obstacle course, and the last person standing or the first person to get to the end wins. And as you can see, if you run into the wrong door, if you get hit by a ball, etc., etc., you get taken out of the game. There's also new, there's other game modes as well, like the soccer, football, stuff like that. But it looks really goofy. It's kind of in the same vein of like Cuban Fall Flat, you know? So you use like these goofy characters and kind of, you know, wiggle around. It looks so fun. Survive chaotic challenges. And it's like up to 100 people on a map or something like that. And you're just trying to survive and stuff like that. There's also like a, like I said, a soccer game mode. There's football. Stumble towards greatness. So yeah, this mode, you're, um, I'm not sure what you're doing actually. It looks like you might be, well, this, this mode obviously is the survival mode here. And then whoever gets there first is the winner. Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout coming to PlayStation 4 and PC in 2020, summer 2020. Like I said, I got to see the setup for this in packs, but I didn't get to play it because the line was so freaking long. But yeah, it looks awesome. So there are several different types of gameplay. You can dress up your Fall Guy and survive as many stages as possible and try to get be the first to the crown in the end. It's um yeah, looks really, really, really cool, really, really fun. So this is actually coming. Um, who is this coming by? Devolver Digital. As you guys know, I'm a huge fan of Devolver Digital, and that's 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 one of the reasons why they, they have all these like new and interesting ideas for games like Carry On and and Disc Room and now Fall Guys. So yeah, um, lots of online players, elimination rounds, s soccer, sporting events, stuff like that. I'm in. I'm in. So yeah, looks cool. Looks interesting. Looks awesome. I'm ready for that. They can definitely release that today, and I would go out and buy it. For sure. Alright, so um, let's see. We're going to go ahead and close the giveaway, which no one has entered. <laughs> I think it's because I forgot to post the game in the Discord. Um, oh, well. <laughs> if you guys want to enter into the giveaway right now, do it right now. Giveaway. Enter into the giveaway. We're giving away a, uh, a game. I forget what it's called. That's okay. Give away a game. If you want, it's a free Steam game. Uh, so let's see. We can raid Odom. We can raid Ion Prime, Canes, Sharpie, Shar, 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 Sharp, Harpy. Playing Diablo. 
Uh, Casper Sight. We could raid Borderlands. <laughs> a mystery game. Yeah, it's a mystery game. Let's go ahead and uh, we'll raid. Who do you have, Fran? Who do you have, Punisher? Lay it on me. Lay it on me. Dirt Hulus? Dirth Hulis. Join the revolution, Red Faction. So I'm doing a bit better than I did before, but unfortunately there's still one more submarine. Alright, so this is Punisher's recommendation. So we'll go ahead and raid this guy. Uh, thanks to everyone who came to the podcast today. Uh, really appreciate it. Um, big thanks to Greedy Waffles for switching the subscription to from Twitch Prime to Tier 1. I don't know what that means, but uh, I'm sure we'll find out next time. Uh, also, thanks to Greedy Waffles, Coco Gamer, Varric, Callus, Punisher for joining the uh, stream today. Also, that Steve Steve came around early on as well. Appreciate you guys for being here and, and joining me. Also, anyone who is lurking, I appreciate you guys as well. Uh, don't think I don't thank you, because I do thank you. I thank you a lot. Alright, so the giveaway is going to close here. And we're going to pick a winner. And the winner is Punisher. Punisher, do you want the mystery game? I forget what it's called. He'll take it. I know it's like a... It's a, um... I know... I remember what it's like. It's a... It's called Armicog. Armicrog? It's a clay animated point-and-click adventure game. It sounded pretty interesting, so if you want to, uh, we can go ahead and do... I'll give you that game. So let's go ahead and raid this dude. There we go. Alright guys, once again, thank you so much. Uh, I'm Yummy the Ferret, guys. And uh, you know what we do at the end of every stream. We say goodbye, so long, farewell, fuck you. Destiny 2.